The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to Psalm number 85, we want to look at this psalm together and think of national revival. First, a word of prayer, then Psalm 85, verse number 1. Father, we do ask today for the grace of our God and the mercy of our Lord to be shown toward America. Lord, or perhaps that nation where the listener may be tuning in today. Help us, I pray, to be a blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 85, verse number 1. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Again, this psalm must be viewed primarily concerning the Lord's land, that promised land, even Israel, its nation, its heritage, its property the captivity of Jacob, he said, thou hast brought back. And so it has been after that captivity, and they are in the land. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Just take a minute and think about this. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell 
in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. Again, we do not want to deny the fact that the primary interpretation of the psalm belongs to Israel, belongs to them and their land and their relationship with the Lord, and how they were restored, brought back, and expecting a national revival in their midst. Charles Spurgeon, in his commentary, The Treasury of David, says of Psalm 85, It is the prayer of a patriot for his afflicted country, in which he pleads the Lord's former mercies, and by faith foresees brighter days. And this phrase by Brother Spurgeon captures my heart today. And we want to look at this psalm by way of application and give it forth as a prayer of a patriot for his afflicted country, in which we are pleading the Lord's former mercies and by faith foreseeing brighter days. I am fully aware that evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. And as we draw closer to our Lord's return, things will get much darker and much worse and much harder. But deep in my heart, I am longing for the afflictions of America to be relieved. I'm longing for the sins of our nation to be covered, to be forgiven. I am pleading for the Lord's former mercies, and I am trusting to see yet a ray of hope, a glimmer of light, and some brighter days before the great darkness settles around us. Thank God we shall be gone before the great tribulation. We shall be gone before the darkest and most deceitful days that this world has ever known arrive. Yet I do believe that the shadow of that oncoming dispensation looms over us. And I'm looking for light in these shadows and expecting, at least within my own heart, within my own home, within that ministry which God has entrusted to me and my family, I am expecting revival. Oh God, do it again. Do it again, Lord, is our prayer. So we look at this psalm, then verse by verse, giving us first a view of the past, in verses 1, 2, and 3, a view of the present, verses 4 through 7, and a view of the future, verses 8 through 13. Back to verse 1, a view of the past, we see the favor of God. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. The Lord favored Israel. He favored the people of God. He brought back the captivity of Jacob, and I must say that God has favored this land. Verse 2, we see the forgiveness of God. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thank God for the forgiveness 
that men in any land can find at the hand of the Lord. But then the forbearance of God in verse 3. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. I am thankful for God's forbearance, for his long-suffering with the sons of men and the nations of the world, in which he does take away his wrath, and he turns himself away from the fierceness of his anger. This, this gives way to the present, a view of the present. Verses 4 through 7, there is first a repentance to notice. Turn us. O God of our salvation. Here is the problem. Men are unwilling to turn. They refuse to repent. This repentance brings about a request that we should notice. Verse 5, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again? This is the request. A request for revival. Will God's people begin to yearn for revival? America, as a nation, has forsaken God, turned our back decades ago on the righteousness of God. Yet we must not blame the sinner for the present situation. We must look within the house of God. We must look to ourselves. We must blame ourselves. Do we truly yearn for revival? Have we truly yoked up with the Lord Jesus? Are we serving Him? Are we good stewards? Are we soul winners? But are we burdened for the lost? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we pointing men, women, and children to the crucified, buried, and risen Lord Jesus Christ, who is this world's only Savior. Do we yearn for God to move, for God to work? Are our hearts crying, Wilt thou not revive us again? Have we said recently, Lord, do it again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? This gives us a reliance that we must notice. Verse 7, Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Our reliance is on the Lord, on his mercy, and on his salvation. If God does not do it, then it shall not be done. This present view and this past view give way to a view of the future. In verses 8 and 9, we see a restored people. If God should send revival, there will be a restored people who are now willing to follow God. Verse number 8, there's a readiness to hear the Lord. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. There's a readiness to heed the Lord, but let them not turn again to folly. But then there's a restored peace in verse 10. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. In God's salvation, mercy and truth meet together. There's great communion between righteousness and peace within the heart. For in God's salvation, God's righteousness brings God's peace through Christ's propitiation into 
the hearts of men. This restored people, this restored peace, provokes a restored prosperity. Again, we are not speaking of earthly blessings and claiming Jewish promises for the church, but in the sense of an application, I must say that I do believe that great prosperity is possible when things are right. And I'm speaking in the spiritual realm here, that God gives truth springing up out of the earth. Righteousness looking down from heaven, verse 11, spiritually speaking, a spiritual prosperity within the soul of the believer. But great prosperity is possible when things are ripe. In verse 12, he speaks of the land yielding her increase and the Lord giving that which is good. No one can deny that when Israel, when England, when America, when a nation exalts the Lord, then God can bless that nation. But great prosperity is possible when things are ready. Verse 13, righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. We think of the spiritual realm, verse 11, the natural realm, verse 12, but here is that eternal realm, and in God's realm, in eternity, righteousness goes before him, beside him, behind him, and there is coming a day when all will be ready, and we shall be set, and thus go in the way of his steps. Hallelujah. What a day that will be. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's Word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, Brethren, pray for us.